Since the beginning of time, people have always found creative ways of communicating. This is my way. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and we need to talk. episode of Not For Nothing that I like to call Because It's Thursday. I had a guest lined up that did not come through. So, when in doubt, I have two options. Sarah Catherine Cooper and Ethan Howard Ham. And guess which one is here today. (laughs) (laughs) So, here we are. (laughs) That's the beauty of the show, because not for nothing, the whole concept of not for nothing is the conversations we have on a daily basis, they can really change the way you think and how you feel and what you believe and, and how you see the world. So you can kind of just tap in anywhere. So it's not like I'm half-assing it. It's just a change of direction. That being said, here you are. I'm here. And I'm prepared for a conversation with you because... Because we converse every evening. (laughs) Every single day of our lives. Okay. I have said from the beginning, I don't really want to do politics on this show because I want to more focus on what brings us together than what separates us or at least exploring nuances of life that might be something we didn't know, you know, like... Kindle with polyamory or Liam with um, with escape rooms or something like that. I just I didn't really want to go too deep into politics whatsoever. Right. That being said, let's talk politics. Let's do. <laughs> so tonight was the New Hampshire primary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernie Sanders won. What a, it was the world shocked at all? Well, I mean, Bernie Sanders won by a landslide against Hillary in New Hampshire last time. So, whatever. Who cares? So what? Who cares? So what? Yeah. As Joy Behar would say. But, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what are your thoughts? On New Hampshire specifically or no, just everything? Just, just what we're going through. I mean, we're at a time in our in our country Right now, we're trying to find out. Half the country is trying to figure out how the hell are we going to beat this guy? And the other half of the country is how the hell are we going to keep this guy in office? It's a weird space. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think I don't think the midterm election for Obama was I don't think the Republicans were going, how the hell are we going to beat this guy? Like they they picked they picked Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney was a viable candidate. He was a good candidate. And they thought, you know, thought it was going to beat him. He didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that the Obama versus Romney election was really the first one that I was paying lots of attention to. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was paying attention when it was Obama That was the first McCain. election that we were together. Is that a coincidence? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or Not at all. Um, <laughs> really? We weren't even together with Obama and McCain? 2008. Wow, that's wild. Um, 2010. Yeah, I was I was kind of 
paying attention to Obama versus McCain. And I remember thinking, like, when Obama won, I remember thinking, oh, this is interesting. But that was before I even had a sense of, like, where I sat politically. Mm -hmm. So then when it was the next four years, by then we had met. And there were two things that I really sort of woke up to in the world, television and politics. Um, Again, no coincidence at all. So I started, (laughs) I was paying a lot more attention to that one. Um, And I think that, in a sense, I would agree with you that... I don't remember getting that sense from the from the Republican Party that we got to beat this guy, we got to get him out, we got to stop what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were more happy to kind of keep it in the Senate and basically stop whatever he was trying to do in that way, mm-hmm. versus trying to just get him out of office. They were they were more interested in making him ineffective versus getting rid of him. Yeah, I mean, Mitch McConnell had said, we're going to make him a one-term president because we're going to make him so ineffective that the country's going to want to get rid of him. Um, a joke's on you, turtleneck. <laughs> Didn't happen. Uh, Mitch McConnell is bad for this country. People were worried about McCain, about um, Mitt Romney in 2012. I remember I was not. I never was. And you remember. I, everybody was kind of worried. And I was like, I don't, not even a thing. Obama's going to win. And he won by 5 million votes. Yeah. Hill, I don't even, and I don't think we were in the scramble in 2016 with Hillary versus Bernie Sanders. I think you just picked a side. I mean, it was much more dramatic than than what I'm about to oversimplify. You picked a side. You vote, fought for them hard. Hillary won, and there we are. And then she won the popular vote, but lost the electoral college, and here we have it. Yeah. It was pretty simple as far as what we were gonna do. Um, and now I just, I, I don't, I know I don't remember anything in my lifetime, but which, again, Obama was the first presidential ca- uh, election I ever voted in um, 12 years ago. And because I was 21, 20, 21 at that time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've never, I've never known it to be this complicated and this complex to figure out. What are we going to do? Yeah, I mean, I didn't... I watched literally nothing about the New Hampshire primary because... <laughs> you were busy playing Switch. I was. I was busy having a me day. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I mean, like like I said... I just realized I slurped, and I don't... <laughs> totally forgot. This is how conversations go, over slurping of tea. So I forgot that we were even recording. It's just ambiance. It lets you, the listener, feel like you're right here with oh, us. Oh, no, I've been told that I should not eat or drink on the podcast ever again by people. Oh, you've made it then. Congratulations <laughs> to you. Because once somebody has yelled at you on 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 the comments of your podcast about eating or drinking on the podcast and you're doing well. Yeah, I'm like, which I'm, I mean, full disclosure, I agree with them. I hate when people eat on podcasts, but I did. I just turned and took a slurp. Anyway, continue your point. Um, I don't know. What I, oh, yeah. Um, I wasn't paying attention to the New Hampshire one because I and everybody in this country knew that it was going to be Bernie. Mm-hmm. Um, with a close second of Biden. Really? Yeah, he came in close second. Wow. That's interesting. Didn't oh I'd wait, see. did I say Biden? You sure did. I was no, I was fully wrong. It was Buttigieg. Okay, that makes more sense. I've it's been a long day. I've been at work. I had a meeting for a documentary I'm making. It's a whole thing. I'm and I just had Burger King. Mm-hmm. So your brain is like from a sack. So now I'm just like freak. You know, my brain's shutting down. But no, it was Buttigieg. Yeah, okay. you, no, Bur- Biden sense. came in a close fourth. Yeah, that that, <laughs> that sounds about right. But yeah, the whole like. 
Iowa thing, it feels like this election cycle specifically, people who are on our side, the Democrats, are doing lots of like hand-wringing and nervous discussion amongst each other about mm-hmm. the, the fact that the, the phrase that keeps being said over and over and over again is, our system doesn't work anymore. Our system doesn't work anymore. I think the system works, personally. I So you think that the way that it's done in Iowa with the whole caucusing and literally like corralling people into rooms. Not that. That's not our system. That's but that's what they're talking about. Like that's that is the system. That's how they do it. No, the system what I think about the system is voting for I think of it more as the two party system and also the electoral college. I think the Iowa caucus is just a complete waste of time. It's a complete cluster mess. And it and it's not effective. And it's also uh, to me a form of voter suppression because not everybody has the time to go sit in a gymnasium all night and run around in circles and play ring around the rosy with our candidate. Right. I think people should just go vote and be done with it because people can take 10 minutes out of their day or whatever to go vote. They can take their kids to the to the voting place with them. They can do all that. You can't have your whole family just sitting around all night. Some people. Yeah. No. Some people. I mean, and so that for therefore it excludes the voters. Um, but as far as like people are like the system is broken. I don't believe that. Personally, I don't believe that the system is broken. I believe that we don't have a strictly two-party system. I believe that we have subscribed to, um, to I believe we subscribed to two primary parties for a long, long time, and those are the parties that have have evolved over the time over the years, but. There's Green Party, there's Libertarians, there's Independents, there's, you know, American Freedom Party or whatever. There's other parties. We're not a two-party system. And... I mean... But here's... But I'm coming to a fruitous point. I don't even know. (laughs) Is that a word? I don't don't know. Maybe. It sounds like a $5 word that I got in college. Um, My point is, the system would work very well if everyone would get involved in it. Run as an independent for your mayoral candidate. Run as an independent as your school superintendent or school school board member or whatever. Like, I have um, a family member running for road commissioner. Uh, and this is not a commentary on whether or not uh, they are good for the job, bad for the job. I'm not... I am advocating that they would be great for the job, and I think they're doing a, they're going to do a good job. But they are r- running on a party ticket mm-hmm. because that's how you get things done. Right? Why do you need a party ticket? You know, if more people would run as independents, and we would have a bigger respect for people who are outside of the party, then we the parties wouldn't be so important to the election electoral process. And I know that that's oversimplifying and that's what I think. Um, But you got to start somewhere. And I think really just starting with um, just everybody getting involved in the system, you know, getting involved in the process, learn who your candidates are, fight for your candidates. If you, you know, I think that, I think the system still works in a lot of ways, more so than people are willing to admit. 
I just wonder how many, like if we were to theoretically do away with the party system, mm-hmm. or just imagine that we lived in this parallel universe where there was no party system and whoever wanted to run ran and they said, here's me and here's where I stand on all these issues. Let me go to these debates. The debates aren't broken down between Republican debates and Democrat debates. Everybody's there together debating. Mm-hmm. And this person said, Bob Smith says, well, here's how I feel about immigration. And then Sally Collins says, well, here's how I feel about immigration. And then everybody talks about how they feel about immigration. Everybody talks about how they feel about everything. Like we as the voting populace are able to see everybody who's running for whatever the office may be under one umbrella Mm -hmm. and then decide this. It sounds like this person aligns with how I feel. Yeah. And party isn't even an issue. Party is never party is not even part of it. I wonder I just wonder how that would go. I think we're gonna find out quicker than we think. Because you say, you know, well we have independence and we have libertarians and we have Green Party and we have this, that and the other, but we don't really. Like how many times have people who belong to the Republican Party or the Democrat Party gotten frustrated with their friends because they voted they they did a protest vote and voted for Jill Stein or whatever? And they said, oh, well, I know it doesn't count because she'll never get it. She's a Russian asset. (laughs) I'm just saying. Whoops. And they fully cast that vote saying, like, we knew people. Not going to name names and no shade to those people. But we knew people. Maybe a little shade. Maybe a little shade. (laughs) I'm just saying. You said it, not me. Maybe. Um, Yeah. Welcome to my house. Maybe a little shade. um, We knew people who said, I voted for Jill Stein as a protest vote because I knew that... Hillary my vote it. for Hillary wouldn't really matter. Like, my missing vote for Hillary wouldn't matter because she's going to get it where we live. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to vote for Jill Stein to do, like, to so I can rest at night, so I can feel better as, the, like, as an, as an outsider in the system. Like, for what purpose does that serve? Mm-hmm. I was but if there were no parties and that person really did like Jill Stein, there you go. More power well, to you. Well, and I had this thought, and I'm going to try to sum it up pretty quickly. I had this thought the other day, and I shared it with you, that the Democratic Party, i not in my lifetime, has the Democratic Party ever been so unified as it has been behind Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. And now it seems as though people say it's not, but the Republican Party is unified behind Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Like, so much so that... The senators in the Senate, soul and the House, the House too. It was a it was a Democrat impeachment. Mm-hmm. It was not a bipartisan impeachment. It was a Democrat impeachment in the House, and the Republicans in the Senate, they sold their soul for political gain. Oh, except one. <laughs> uh, I was ha- at a meeting today, and uh, a, a friend at the meeting had said how brave Mitt Romney was. And I didn't really want to negate him, but I'm like, that's not brave. It shouldn't be brave what right. Romney did. I mean, I guess if you think about brave and going against your party, sure, that's very brave. But just to actually look at this evidence and know that wrong was done and then say, yeah, wrong was done. You're guilty. That's not really brave. That's that's what everybody should have been doing. Well, like, but how many times have we said that somebody's brave because they did what they're supposed to do? Well, to me, that's moving the goalpost. I remember when Healy Harbison uh, took over the softball team after my mom retired from coaching softball. 
you know, you get the participation certificates and you get the, the you know, participation like... Snowflakes. Not, no, well, not... Millennials. Snow, not snowflakes. I mean, you know, it wasn't the trophies, but it was like a certificate of like completion of the years of, the, of that, whatever. Um, he didn't do it. And he said, well, I don't give out awards for doing what you're supposed to. As I said. And I'm like, well, there you go. <laughs> Healy Harbison. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I agree with him. Like, Do you really? I do. I agree with him. Like, he, you did nothing phenomenal. It seems so phenomenal that Mitt Romney voted to convict him. But it's like, if anybody had any scruples or morals, they would have convicted him. But that's not what I want to talk about. What I was saying was um, the party had never been more unified behind Barack Obama. And then we tried to sort of emulate that, like the next steps, the next heir apparent, which was Hillary. Hillary was the heir apparent to the Democratic Party. And if we didn't have the Electoral College, she she would be president today. But after that, it just sort of all fell apart. And now it seems like we're just in shambles in a little bit. And I think the Republican Party is very unified behind Donald Trump, but he's also ripping to shreds the normal party procedures that the Republican Party, they held in such high regard. Right. And so what's it going to look like when you don't have Donald Trump to, to glorify who's the next heir apparent? And is there one? There's probably not one. Because, I just have this thought. Well, what I'm saying is, after this election, we may not, we may find out what it's like to not really rely on our party system as much anymore. Because look at what the party's doing to the Democratic Party. Right. What the party system is doing to the Democratic Party. We can't figure it out. Right. In a sense, we have five very plausible paths forward. Well, you right. know what? You, you got two feet. You can't walk five paths. And we can't figure out how far left we want to go. And we can't figure out how middle America we want to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like we're trying to be everything at once. It's like and, it's like. And if you try to be everything at once, you'll be nothing at all. It really does feel like a lot of Democrat voters out there are looking for somebody who is everything at once. I feel like that's what people honestly want. Like, of course, that's what everybody wants mm-hmm. in a fantasy land. But I feel like people are legitimately looking for somebody who, li- who well. truly aligns with everything they say. And if, it, if they don't, then they don't get my vote. Okay, Republicans and moderates who are listening to this show, clutch your pearls. Go ahead, because I'm about to say something that's going to probably rock your world. Obama was everything all in one. He was just liberal enough. He was just party-lined enough. He was just forward-thinking enough. He was just young enough. He was just old enough. Mm -hmm. He had everything. Yeah. He was the unicorn. Mm -hmm. Which leads me to what I was going to say, and I just had this thought. Um, In a sense, we are seeing sort of the dismantling of, the like you were saying, of the two parties, but... And basically, the two ways that it can go about it. Mm-hmm. For us, for the Democrats, we saw our Lord and Savior come along, Mr. Barack Obama, and he was so so much everything that we were looking for in a candidate, and he delivered so much that we wanted a candidate to deliver for us. Mm-hmm. That 
it's almost like we forgot that his term was limited in a way. It's almost like it's almost like we collectively became Scarlett O'Hara and so oh, I'll think about it tomorrow. Well, I don't like, know if we, we didn't thought wanna... his term was limited. I think we just took for granted that, oh, this is who we like now, so we'll always have somebody like him. There'll be somebody to come along who's yeah, just like him. Maybe that's more So accurate. we take that for granted. Yeah. And the next heir apparent was Hillary, who is a grandmother. Yeah. Not this, I don't know, smoldering, sexy black man who has a beautiful wife and two beautiful daughters, you know? Right. Not that Chelsea's not beautiful, but... And Hillary's grandchildren are beautiful, and Hillary's probably the most intelligent person who's ever ran for uh, elected for a presidency. Yeah. Um, and again, conservatives, I'm so sorry, but it's true. Yeah, we're so I feel like for us, that's in a way that has caused the dismantling of our system on the Democrat side mm-hmm. is... We're still waiting for another Obama, and that ain't going to be happening anytime soon. You know, that only comes along every once in a blue moon. Well, and that's the, I think that's the problem is we thought, well, he was Obama's vice president, so that's who you, that's who we should pick. Or okay. Bernie, Bernie was here with Hillary, and if we'd have picked Bernie, he could have we could have beaten Trump and yada yada. Or do we we wanted a woman she got three million more votes than uh than donald trump so we want a woman so elizabeth or amy cloakie bar you shouldn't do that in public <laughs> uh she knows what it means you know how i feel about people getting people's names wrong on purpose i did, well i did the only reason i did that is because sarah you know friend of the show mm-hmm. she couldn't say it <laughs> Or she she couldn't remember it, so she called her Cloaky Bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Amy Klobuchar or Elizabeth Warren, um, or do we want the young debonair, suave person? Who's that? Pete Buttigieg. Mm. He's pretty. I don't know if I would call him debonair. Oh, I think so. I saw an ad with of him serving pizza to youth. <laughs> to the youth. It was really. It was very. It was very charming. If anything, the debonair one that we had was, um, what was his name? Bill Clinton. No. He was very debonair. Texas dude. George Bush. No. De- Democrat. He was running this this time. Oh. <laughs> What's his name? I forgot. Exactly. Um, the hot one. Rit, rit, rot, what's the Beto Rourke? Beto, yeah. Beto O'Rourke. That's him. Uh, see, that's how, but that, isn't that crazy? That's how quickly we forget. Yeah. Like I was saying, we're seeing it on, on, on the opposite ends of the spectrum for the dismantling. The Democrats were dismantled because we had our perfect person. The Republicans are not being, being dismantled because they have a nightmare on their hands. Their person who they put in charge, their person who they elected, is running roughshod over their entire system mm-hmm. and, and their party. So to the point where when, you know, God willing, we don't have a horrendous, awful situation in our hands with something. Mm-hmm. But if all goes as it should in this in this land of America and he at one point or other is no longer our president, then we'll see how they deal with that. Because we had to deal with no longer being able to choose somebody who we just were head over heels for. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to deal with where they go after everything has crumbled, been crumbled around around them. Mm-hmm. Oh, because, I mean, this is not sustainable for them. Because Or maybe it is. Maybe we're idiots because we're on the Democrat side looking at them. Maybe this is exactly what they want. Maybe. But the thing is, no president can succeed and no ideology in America can sustain if it doesn't allow for liberty and justice for all. 
I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if the new sort of grand plan for the Republican Party really has nothing to do with the president. But that's the thing. If all they need is a Republican president to, like, give them seats on, on, on the Supreme Court and help them get the majority in the Senate, if that's all they want in a president, then their mission is accomplished because that's what they got in Trump. Oh, for sure. And now, I mean, they don't, they couldn't give two shits what he says or what he wants to do. Hmm. Like, did you see the... I saw this report about um, how he was sending his... Um, 2021 budget proposals to Congress. Mm-hmm. And did you see what they said about it? Mm-hmm. The, the, I forget who it was, but it's a Republican uh, senator who's in charge of the finance section of the Senate. He literally said to reporters, we're not looking at it because we've already set our budget. They no, do not care. They don't care. Well, and that's that leads me into my point that I was going to make about re- Democrats should be looking at it from a different perspective. We've got to get the groundwork done. We've got to go local. Mm-hmm. Because what something that struck me, why did Beto O'Rourke in Texas running locally against Ted Cruz, he lost. Stacey Abrams running locally for the Democratic governor race, or for the race for governor as a Democrat, lost. And what did they do? Beto O'Rourke turned right around and ran for president. And everybody was saying, oh, Stacey Abrams needs to run for president. If you can't make it on the local level, your next logical thing in the Democratic Party now is to run for freaking president. <laughs> like, what? What? in what world does that make any sense? Doesn't that almost make it look like... I mean, I like both of them. I really care for both of them. But, well, actually, I really care for Stacey Abrams a lot. Yeah. Um... I think she's a very intelligent woman, and I think she should really keep fighting and, you know, running for elected office because we need leaders like her. But why, if you lose on a local level, why, that's the thing, they're not crazy. They had every right to run because they knew they might could win. That's what I was about to say. Because we are going from the top down instead of the bottom up. Doesn't it almost make it look like it's easier to win presidency than it is to win a governorship? Or like a seat in the House of Representatives for your state. But that's the thing. Uh, For Democrats, it is easier to win presidency than to win the governor's race or to win your local city council. Because we're not, we're not, Democrats are not laying the groundwork for local elections. We got to, we got to start letting people know because does the president affect your daily life? No, not at all. There's more impact on your life from the local officials. Right. You know what I mean? The state laws dictate our lives more than the federal laws do on a day-to-day basis. And we're not we're not laying the groundwork for local elections. Like I don't even know that people care in like states like Alabama. You know why I kind of feel like that may some like a, a reason that that might be. Mm. And this I think more so applies to places like LA or New York or probably Seattle, probably Chicago. Like I have to imagine most of the big major cities in in the country, mm-hmm. people don't get as involved in the govern in the um, local politics because it's mostly Democrats who run. And it's the same like where we're from, from like the, the deep south or parts of the Midwest, I'm sure. Yeah. Where people don't get involved in local politics because it's pretty much all Republicans who are running. So if that's how you feel and if that's the party that you align with, you just don't put the effort in because you're like, oh, who cares? They're, they're all Democrats anyway. Hmm. What's the difference? I mean, I see that point, but that's where we have to get out there. No, I agree. I'm just because saying. The work that it's going to take to bring it back to a, an even playing field is going to be decades worth of work at this point. Yeah. But 
That being said, for the first time in 10 years, you and I might be voting for some different people in the primary. And I kind of like that. We'll talk about that when we come back from our break. As I said before, you and I have, we've kind of checked out for a little while, longer than we than we had the previous election. Like, the second Hillary Clinton announced for she was running for president, I hit the ground running. Started campaigning for her, started donating money, doing what, everything I could, started, you know, stump speeching for her if I could. <laughs> like, I did it all. And, like, to the point where... It all culminated, and it felt like it was. It felt like it went on forever, like that felt like the longest. It did. Assault, well, it's this one's been longer. Mm-hmm. This one will have been longer when once we reach the end. It just felt so long, so much longer. I feel like you and I have sort of checked out, or just didn't. We didn't engage as quickly as we did with Hillary, and we both agreed right out right out of the gate that it was going to be Hillary. Yeah. Like, there was nobody else. Like, Bernie Sanders came along, and you and I have had lots of conversations about him. We agreed straight out of the gate about Hillary. Hillary was the one. This year, we sort of took our time. There were so many people who announced right away that they were just... Like, you and I both were like, I'm going to wait till the field clears out a little. Right. And now here we are with... A handful left. I mean, technically, like the, the the big five or six: Pete Buttigieg, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, and Joe Biden. Those are the big five. Mm-hmm. And then coming up behind them is Steyer and Bloomberg. Andrew Yang just dropped out. Sarah just told me Bennett dropped out. I don't remember even who Bennett was. Technically, like Tulsi Gabbard still in it. Yeah. Um. So it's people like that. There's still a lot, but we're just, I mean, we're really down to the, the final five. Right. So far. I mean, unless something happens drastically where, because Steyer, have you seen his commercials? Go away. Yeah. Um, but Bloomberg, I think, Bloomberg's going to be a dark horse. I was about to say, I feel like he's people got are taking him pretty seriously. He's got a plan. He skipped Iowa. I think he skipped New Hampshire, but I don't think he's skipping anything else. He may come through. But we're down to the handful. Mm-hmm. And you and I realized, I guess, last week that we we're like, oh, I guess we need to start thinking about this, taking it seriously, figuring out who we're actually going to vote for. And we've taken some tests online, the quizzes to let us know. Turns out you and I might be voting for different people. It in the primary. Out. In the primary. Right. Let me say. Let me tell you. <laughs> right. We are not voting for Donald Trump. Nope. We, we, we might be. You and I might be voting for different people in the primary. Yeah. I feel like it turns out, I mean, according to, you know, the various tests and stuff that you were talking about that we've done to help us decide, it almost looks like not only will we, will we possibly be voting for different people, but you align with what these people are saying more than I do, no matter what. Yeah, because my biggest match was 97%. And what was your biggest match? 
I want to say it was 88. Yeah, you didn't even get into the 90s with anybody. Like, I nearly agree 100% with what some, with a couple of them are saying. Mm -hmm. But who was your top person? Uh, It was a tie for Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg. I thought it was Bernie Sanders. No, it wasn't Bernie. I think it was Bernie. Because it wasn't Pete. Because if it were Pete, we would be potentially voting for the same person. So it was Bernie. Maybe it, maybe it was Bernie, and I was like, well, he, don't, he doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. I, I matched 97% with Pete Buttigieg and yeah. 96% with Elizabeth Warren. So it's not that far apart, right. but I did only match 87% with Joe Biden. Yeah. Like, I've matched with Bernie Sanders before I matched with Joe Biden. He was, Joe Biden was number four, I think, for me. He was fifth. I've, I matched with everybody over him. And I was ready. I was ready for Joe. Here's what I got to say about Joe Biden. This is what I've been saying about him since the beginning. And it frustrates me. My fellow Democrat voters frustrate me. And it makes me feel a little bit bad for Joe Biden because basically ever since the election started in a way, like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like it started when people first started getting whispers of like, Elizabeth Warren's going to be running. Bernie's definitely running again. Mm -hmm. We've got some of these new people. We don't know who they are. They're going to be running too. And people could not shut up about run, Joe, run. We need you. You're the only one who can save us. We need you to save us from Donald Trump. You need, we need you to bring Obama's policies back in. Help, help, help. And then he comes in after much thinking and he very much deserved every minute of time that he took with his family mm-hmm. and deep thought. He's lost so much, but... Um, and he is older. I mean, it's a fact. And he's already been through it before. You know, he was the vice president there with Obama. He's been through all the stress. And Bo that, died while he was vice president. Right. Like, he was vice president when his son died. All that to say, he very much deserved to th- give us some thought and think about it. And I guess he decided that it was the right thing to do and he was going to run. And the minute he got out the gate... <laughs> Mm, I don't know. I'm not feeling Joe. He's just not doing it for me. He's not bringing the energy, and he's a little bit old school, and blah, blah, blah. Shut up. Like, you asked for this. It frustrates me so much that people ask for something, and they get it, and they're like, never mind. I changed my mind. I mean, they didn't And the reason that frustrates me is because you need to make up your mind. Like, if you can't make up your mind to the point where you just cast a vote for whoever, or you don't cast a vote, because, I don't know, nobody's really doing it for me. I'm just not going to vote. Then we might be getting Trump again. Might nothing. We will be. You got to vote him out. You can't just not vote. If you don't, you can't just not vote and then think that somebody else is going to do the work. There is nobody else. We're it. We are it. We're the voting body. We're it. Like, and I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anything about voting for the lesser of two evils, yada, yada. Just go vote. Just right. go vote. If you're in your, in your voting booth or wherever, however your state does it. And you're voting, and you're like, and you're telling yourself you're voting for the lesser of two evils. Well, guess what? The lesser of two evils is less evil. So vote for them. Exactly. For crying out loud! And that's the thing. I'm I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it, and I hope that Bernie supporters hear me and know that I love you. But suck it up. <laughs> if he doesn't win, and guess you what? didn't get everything you wanted this time. This, I'm sorry. This time Suck around, it up. And this time around, there's no big bad Clinton to take it away from no. him. Who is it? Who's, who are you going to blame this time? Who are you going to blame? The 37-year-old mayor who's gay? Go ahead. Hate on a gay man. You probably will. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm sorry. I, it's tough love time, Bernie bros. 
If Bernie Sanders wins, congratulations, you got the win. I'll be voting for him, even though he's a little bit left for what I see for this country because he's not left, he's not super far left from my own personal views, but he is super far left for some people's personal views. And right. guess what? They're Americans too. Mm-hmm. We need a president who's going to do right by all. But and if he doesn't win, get over it and, and I, vote for the to, lesser to be fair, of two evils. To be fair, I don't think that applies just to Bernie Sanders voters. Like, Andrew Yang just dropped out, and the way that I oh, see... he's got some Bernie, Bernie tendency. The bros. way that I see his... The people who liked him talk, it reminds me a lot of how Bernie Sanders people talked last election. Mm-hmm. Like, when we were watching the Iowa caucuses um, on MSNBC? Yes? Yes. Well, we, we started on CNN, but you know how I love my Rachel Maddow. Mm-hmm. So I desperately searched out MSNBC on the new Apple Smart TV, whatever. And, and it was also just chilling and brilliant television to watch Rachel Maddow look into the camera and say, we're being lied to. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we, I, I miss my Rachel Maddow, so we had to turn on MSNBC. So anyway, um, um, we were watching that, and they were showing this thing about like the people from one caucus for Joe Biden and people who were caucusing for Andrew Yang were like in a conference. And saying, like, okay, it looks like neither of us are going to get what we want here today. What can we do to convince you to maybe come join us or vice versa? And it was this young woman from the Yang group who was talking to, Yang Yang. Uh, to a more mature woman from the Biden group. Mm-hmm. The young woman for Andrew Yang was making her case. And the woman for Biden was saying stuff like, you know, he has a lot of policies that I really agree with. And I think that he's got some good ideas. But at the bottom line, I just don't think that we're ready for a president that's quite as extreme as him. But I see what you're saying. And um, I would give it a lot of thought. um, And I would hope that you would do the same. And then that girl proceeded to say, well, he's a crook. And do you know what he did with with what is it with the Ukraine and his son was a chill and he didn't do any work at all and, well, and she the was woman like, was like okay we're done here well no she goes and this whole impeachment situation is because of him right and uh, and what I loved was when the reporter talking to her like the reporter it was the the daily show or not the daily show the daily from the New York Times the podcast was following the, them trying to like sort of get a get a ground view of what's happening. Oh yeah. And she was like, "So what were you trying to do there?" And she goes or she goes, "So you you were trying to convince Biden's group to come over to Yang." And she's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah." And he goes, "How do you think you did?" <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, "Well, not well. I lost my temper." And that's the problem. Like, people who are more inclined to vote for that type of a candidate will say, "Oh, we're just we're just trying to talk to it about it from both sides." And then you proceed to yell at the other people mm-hmm. because everybody that everybody that we want to vote for, I shouldn't say we because we're not really we don't really fall under that camp anymore, I guess. But what camp? The more moderate. Democrats, but well, if you treat every you should say that. if you treat every single candidate that a quote unquote moderate Democrat is voting for like they're a crooked animal, that's not a good way to get business done, honey. It's well, just not. Did you hear what Pete Buttigieg said during the New Hampshire debate Mm-mm. about uh, Bernie Sanders? Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg took their knives out and got into a brawl <laughs> on there. He said something. He said. This whole extreme left my way or the highway policy planning is not going to cut it for people in the Midwest. He goes, some people are still sort of centrist. 
And it's just like, so you have a, you have a philosophy that it has to be your way or no way. And that just doesn't work for me. And I'm just like, you know what? What did Bernie Sanders say to that? Something about the 1% and the blue and the, that's all he's ever said. Ever since he started running for president last time, the only words out of his mouth were 1%, 1%, 1%. If I hear him say one more time, we're going to take the money from the billionaires and give it to... Shut up. That's not what a president does. That's not your only job as president is to redistribute the wealth. You can't do that and be like, okay, guys, I'm done. You take over, vice president. Well, I don't think he's planning on redistributing wealth. I think he's planning on taxing them pretty mightily, even though socialism would be to redistribute the wealth. Exactly. So I am a little bit of a moderate, I, I realized, because Pete Buttigieg is a little bit of a moderate. I'm as socially liberal as you can get. Right. Live your life. I don't care what you do. As long as it doesn't affect me, go ahead and do it. I live my life in ways that does not affect other people, and I dare them to come for me. Right. At this point, I dare you. Come at me. But also, we need to start moving steadily towards getting everybody their fair share Mm -hmm. with jobs, with equal pay, with health care being a right, not a privilege. But I guess, I don't know, I guess based on the questions I asked on that, uh, that hickey do, um, the test, I feel, I feel more inclined to, to agree with Pete. Yeah. But that being said, do you want to talk about who you're voting for? Uh, yeah, I'll explain it to you this way. It's looking like I'm going to be casting my vote for Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why there's some trepidation there is because, and I honestly need to give this a little more thought as well, I think, but bottom line, I like her the best. Mm-hmm. It also helps that most of what she talks about I agree with as far as her policies go. Mm-hmm. Right now, as far as like a president who I'm willing to vote for, she's pretty much as far left as I'm comfortable voting. Mm-hmm. But I do still have that feeling within me of like, we'll see. We'll give it a little more time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, we have our ballots in the kitchen. I know. There are mail-in ballots because um, that's the way California does it. I mean, you can go in the go in person on election day and vote, but we have our ballots in the kitchen. We can mail them in. And so, I am kind of like trying to figure out why that feeling is still there, and I think it's because I don't strongly feel that she can win. And it's not that I doubt her. I'm sure part of it was because we were so damn sure that it was going to be Hillary last time. Oh, my God. Not a bone in anybody's body. You can dig through my Facebook feed somewhere deep down, and you can see you and me walk. Well, it's mostly me, but you're walking with me, and I'm on Facebook Live skipping like a giddy, shit-eating possum. Right. To the polls today, because we're going to vote for the first— We're going to vote in the first female president. Mm -hmm. And then I had to eat crow. Yeah. The next day. And it's not just her. Like, I also like Pete Buttigieg, but I wonder, can he do it? Bottom line, whoever <laughs> whoever gets the nomination, even if it's somebody I don't particularly care for, like Bernie Sanders, they will be getting my vote when Listen, it comes down to it. I know I came hard for you, Bernie bros. But if Bernie gets the, ele- gets the nomination, I'll be the first to put on my Bernie thong and go twerk it in the street. I don't care. For Bernie, I will be as giddy as I could be about Bernie Sanders. And all we will ask- And you know what? I want you to do the same exactly. in return. If it's Elizabeth Warren, you better have on a shirt that says, I got a plan for that. If it's Joe Biden, you better have on a shirt that says, I love Uncle Joe. Mm-hmm. I don't care who it is. If it's Tulsi Gabbard, you know, and if it's 
if it's Amy Klobuchar, I don't care. I wouldn't care if it was Marianne Williamson. I would buy all the crystals in the world and say my my magic president's gonna do us right. I don't know about that. You know, my my vote is going. I think towards Pete Buttigieg. It's gonna be hard because. <laughs> It's, this may sound stupid, but I think I want Elizabeth Warren more than I want Pete Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to vote for Pete Buttigieg anyway. In the primary. Explain that. Because we <laughs> just got finished talking about protest votes and all that. So how does it's that make any sense? It's not a protest vote. I just really... I, it was very hard. I'm going to try to make this nuanced and quick. Hmm. Um, it, it was very hard for me because my grandfather and I... And I've talked about my grandfather on the show. He was a Democrat politician. And I am a Democrat today because of W.F. Davis. And I remember in 2008, we sat down at his kitchen table and talked about the the candidates, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. And we talked about it for a long time about who we would vote for and we settled on Hillary Clinton because of how we feel because she most aligned with our values and our principles and so when she came along in 2016 it was no question for me and now this election I feel like I've started from ground zero and I don't know that I've done anybody proud I don't know that I've done pop pop proud because I probably should have been in there all along, but 2016 had me so fatigued mm-hmm. that I just needed a moment. Yep. I needed a moment to let it be real that we're in another election, another presidential election. But at the same time, let me not be a part of it for a moment. And now here I am, and I'm like, how do you pick? How do you pick who to vote for? Because Joe Biden might be the safe bet. Elizabeth Warren. I want a woman president very soon. I want to see that. That's very important to me. But it's also important to me that the woman president that we have is the right woman president. And I believe that Elizabeth Warren is the right woman president. But on paper, it shows that I'm most closely aligned with Pete Buttigieg. So I don't know. I'm torn. That's how come I might be voting for Pete Buttigieg, even though I want Elizabeth Warren to be our next president. Is that sad? I mean... I don't know. Why would that be sad? I don't know. Just because I'm not voting, I might not be voting for exactly who I want to want to be see be president. Because I would love either Joe or I would love Joe Biden to be president because of you know Uncle Joe. He'll take good care of us. Yeah. But Pete Buttigieg would make a fantastic president, and I would love him. I would love him as president, but I would also love Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. They're definitely my top two, for sure. But yeah, it's just weird. Like, it feels like you and I are both kind of in the same boat a little bit of like, we know who we like, but we don't love anybody. And I think that's most people right now. I think I do love Elizabeth Warren. Really? Probably not as much as I loved Hillary. I don't. But that's the thing. Let's put this to bed real quick. My love for Hillary was all intellectual. She was the 67th Secretary of State. She was the most successful Secretary of State since Thomas Jefferson. And she had a 67%, coincidentally, 67% approval rating when she left office. And I mean, I I think that's a big part of it for me, is that, that that's missing from Elizabeth and Pete, is that extra bit of logic that I need to be like, not only... Is what they're saying in alignment with what I feel and what I would be voting for. Mm-hmm. But also, look at your resume. Yeah. You've got all this stuff behind under your belt as well, meaning, Elizabeth, meaning Hillary. Elizabeth Warren has more time in the Senate than Hillary did when Hillary ran in 2008. That's a good point. So, do you want 
Elizabeth Warren to have four years in the cabinet before you? I honestly feel like if she had, then it would be it. That would be it for me. I'd be really? like, yes, Elizabeth Warren. You need you know? something else. Yeah. And is that, what, is that what's holding you back from Pete, too? Yeah. The fact that he doesn't have Washington experience? Yeah. What about Bernie? But He's got a lot of Washington experience. Uh, I mean, whatever. I just, I'm not going to get into my full and complete opinions about Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. for numerous reasons. A, we don't have time. But also B, I don't want to get anybody yelling at you. Well, there's also Amy Klobuchar who has bangs that if she had the speaking patterns of Sigourney Weaver, she'd fly <laughs> right away. And that's the thing. Other than Joe Biden, I don't really know anything about the rest of them. I know everything about Pete Buttigieg because I just read his book. <laughs> there you go. I'd like to get Elizabeth Warren's book, and maybe I will. What do we know for sure about this election so far? Just in this household. We don't have to make it, you know, we don't have to speak on behalf of anybody but you and me. Okay. Hmm. You go first. I know for sure that after everything that this country has been through, and yeah, even if you're Republican listening to this, this country's been through some things. Whether you like it or not, this country's been through some things this last three years. After everything that this country has been through, I'm still very hopeful. I believe that people want to see us do better. They want our leader to be, to have moments of tenderness and compassion for everybody. They want to see when George Bush, after 9-11 happened, he made it his first priority to say, we are not at war with Islam. Mm -hmm. Our Muslim brothers and sisters are thoughtful and spiritual people that deserve our utmost respect. We are at war with an ideology that is radicalized, radical Islam, not the Muslim faith. We want to see somebody who can stand up and say that and not fear monger for the effect of dividing this country. That's what I think I know for sure. And so I think regardless of who wins of the five top, I think it's going to be one of the five tops. Regardless of who it is, I think people are going to go out and they're going to vote. I think they're going to have a real clear conscience when they get to November and they're going to say, you know what? This has got to stop. And they're going to go out and they're going to vote him out of vote him out of office. Yeah, I believe that. Regardless of who it is, I don't think it's going to really matter that much. That's just my little secret hope and my secret belief in human kindness and humanity. Because there's there's all kinds of political analysts who could tell me how wrong I am. It's not that for you know it's not that foregone of a conclusion. Mm-hmm. I think it will be. I think it'll be a foregone conclusion that we're going to vote him out because we're going to see how important it is. Because once we get to the general, we can really start to form that narrative of here's how we're going to do this. But that's pretty much what I'll all know for sure so far. Well, I know for sure that when it's all said and done and hopefully we do get to vote Trump out of office. And if we don't, when he runs his term out and he got to go anyway, one way or another, when he's no longer president, we as a country, and I don't just mean Democrats, I mean everybody, we can't go, whew, thank God that's over. Anyway, back to business. We cannot treat yeah. this like it was a fluke. We cannot treat it like it was an anomaly. We can't treat it like it was a freak of nature. This happened. It was real. There were a million and one factors at play, most of them outside of our control, mm-hmm. that got him into the White House, but they all actually really happened, and they can very well happen again. Well, I've enjoyed the conversations that we've had on a daily basis mm-hmm. here. So now it's time we go do what else we do on a daily basis. Watch Designing Women. Exactly. <laughs> but all that being said, seriously, go vote. 
this I don't usually talk directly at the microphone to the listeners in this way, but go vote for crying out loud. For the love of God, go vote. That's all I gotta say. I don't care who you vote for. Just vote. Vote.